3: welcome in everybody to another edition of the pack a day podcast thanks for joining us again today my name is dan conick and if you were listening yesterday you know that uh we are officially in full-on draft mode here at the pack a day podcast uh it is no it is non-stop draft coverage from here until the end of april and uh yesterday jacob westendorf kicked things off and uh Took a deep dive into a couple of prospects that could be crossing the Packers board come the end of the month. And we're going to do the same thing today. And so today I am joined by uh, a couple new guys to the Pack-A-Day podcast uh, family joining us for this month. Uh, I'll let let them uh, introduce themselves here. First, our first one here is a good guy, Brennan Roop. Brennan, uh, tell us about yourself.
4: All right. Uh, I grew up in southwest Minnesota in a little town called in Minnesota. It's about a town of 350 people. I went to school uh, at Minnesota State University, Mankato. Uh, there I kind of did a radio show for the uh, campus radio station for three years every Saturday morning. Uh, after that, I did sales when I graduated, and then I went into journalism, worked at uh, three daily papers as a sports reporter, and now I'm living in Sioux Falls, kind of working in the health field, so it's been kind of crazy for me and now i just kind of write on the side as kind of like a hobby and that's kind of my
3: backstory awesome and so we've got so we got brennan here with us and uh the third man in our trio is uh our new buddy rob Rieger. rob
2: uh Tell the people about yourself. Hey, Dan. Thanks a lot. So, I actually started doing this, believe it or not, uh, this whole draft analysis thing before it really became vogue and popular. I was a freshman baseball player at the University of Oshkosh. And We'd always have. I don't know if there's some of the old timers out there remember Coach Lechner there, and we used to actually get up really early and have six o'clock practice on Saturday mornings. So by the time I got done, it was about you know ten ten thirty, and you know I come back and just start watching football. And this is back in nineteen ninety two, and I would watch players start taking notes because I was kind of bored in my dorm room. And believe it or not, I did my first mock draft in nineteen ninety two. So uh, it's been it's been a long long ride doing this. Uh, most recently though. I picked up a gig as a draft analyst on the Drew and KB show on 97.3, the game in Milwaukee. And prior to that, I had actually done it with them on the Big 920. So uh, I have some experience working on the radio uh, as a draft an- analyst. And I've also now, for the second year, uh, contributed to the Cheesehead TV draft guide. So uh, I usually cover the sleepers feature, but I've actually added quarterbacks this year. So if you haven't picked it up yet, please uh, go out and pick it up. It's available as of right now. So uh, you can all follow me on at NFL Draft on Twitter. And I do a lot of my damage there.
3: Very nice. Yeah. And way to plug the the draft guide as well. I just grabbed mine yesterday and uh, spent the good part of what I should have been my work time uh, looking through the draft guide. because uh, You guys do a great job with all that always. Um, I know we were talking a little bit before we came on, you know, learn about it because this is the first time that we have actually like physically talked uh, with each other. But I just I want to confirm uh, we're all Packer fans here, right?
2: Yes, uh, I. I sure am. Yeah.
3: (laughs) Okay. Okay. Cause I, I know like draft time, we get a couple of guys in here. Like I, I know, uh, like Russ yesterday, he's a, he's a lions fan, but still joins us for our, our draft coverage. But I just want to, want to make sure like, uh, you know, see what playing field we're, we're all, we're all sitting on as we, we get into things here. Um, so like we, like we said at the beginning, we are jumping in, uh, headfirst into all of the draft coverage, uh, this coming next couple of weeks. And, uh, we're going to be starting off taking a deep dive in some of these prospects. Like I said, that the Packers could be seeing um, in the first, second round here, the guys that are, you know, near the top of everybody's boards. So uh, today we are looking at two guys on the defensive side of the ball uh, position that the Packers attacked heavily in um, the draft and free agency last year. And we'll see what happens this year. So far added uh, Kirksey at linebacker. So, adding more pieces to that defense. Um, but we are looking at uh, Xavier McKinney, safety out of Alabama, and also uh, Neville Galmore from Oklahoma. He's a defensive lineman. Um, so our first guy we're going to dive into here is uh, that safety out of Alabama, Xavier McKinney. Um, he's a junior, 6'1", 200 pounds. Um, his measurables from the Combined, um, he had a 4.6340 that was uh, best for 16th out of the safeties. 19 bench press, uh, 36 vertical, 122 broad jump. Um, last year, he finished as third team All-American, voted first team All-SEC, and he led the Alabama Crimson Tide in tackles with 95, including three sacks thrown in there as well. Uh, so, Brennan, let's start with you. Um, give us just uh, your 1,000-yard view. Of, uh, of our guy Xavier McKinney here yeah the first thing that comes to
4: my mind with Xavier is versatility um, according to PF- PFF he played 323 snaps in the box 227 in the slot and 20- 271 deep safety um, he's I think he's best served in an attacking role or in the slot playing man-to-man um, he can play in the box as a nickel linebacker slot corner very good blitzer uh, he had six sacks the last two seasons and we all know Mike Penton loves his safeties and you know, he's had guys like Raven Green, Will Redman play those kind of roles where they're kind of playing all over. Now, if you imagine putting someone like Xavier McKinney, who was coached by Nick Saban, into that role, I think that would kind of just take this defense to another level. Um, to be honest with you, uh, if I'm being honest, he's someone that I didn't really start watching until about two weeks ago because I didn't think Packers would be looking at safety after driving, drafting uh, Darnell Savage Jr. last year. And he kind of caught my attention watching him during the LSU game. Um, one of the things about him, though, I think – He's kind of like a haha Ha Clint Dix. I don't think he breaks down all that well um, in open tackling against LSU. He had I had, him, I had him for three missed tackles. I don't know how Rob feels about him in that category, but that's kind of my real quick tidbit of Xavier.
2: So, so that, yeah, that's a great point, man. You know, a lot, lot of great points in there. You know what, what I what I can tell you about McKinney is that you're kind of right in in the approach that he wasn't really a guy that was necessarily on our radar. But you know, when you really look at the way that. Petten runs his defense. He really likes to play a lot of three safeties. What I noticed about him is his versatility. He can play a deep safety if we if uh, a team needs him to, but he's also very effective at the line of scrimmage. He was a very effective blitzer. Uh, he got into the faces of a lot of quarterbacks, and he was a very big disruptor in there. Uh, deal, I just, you know, I'm, I'm at that point right now where I, just, I think to myself how much of an upside does he have for where he is right now? You mentioned the fact that he played with Saban, which is great, but you also mentioned the haha ha Clinton Dix who started out great with us, was an instant starter, but you could see season by season by season, he didn't necessarily improve. And he kind of, mm-hmm. in a lot of ways, went, went downhill and he's, and he's still, even today, a, a younger player, but he's not really viewed the same way that he was coming out. And I can see a lot of similarities between him and McKinney where he may be because of some of his athletic liabilities, I mean, if you look at his just his uh, relative ath- uh, athletic traits here, he's barely above average. Mm-hmm. The four six three forty isn't very strong for a for a for a safety or a guy being you know having to ask to, to guard receivers. He has nice size, but that's the thing that I worry about most: is he tapped out? Like, is he at his maximum where he is today? Or does he have room to grow?
4: Yeah, that's one thing, too, that where you think, of like, is he going to be a second contract guy? Like, is he where he's at? Is, is this his ceiling where he's at as a player? Like you kind of mentioned, is he going to be able to grow into someone that's going to earn that second contract? Or is he going to be a one-contract guy? So that's kind of where I'm worried about him, too, is that he's not someone that wowed me when I watched him. But I just like the versatility, and I think that's something that Mike Penton would fall in love with in the draft process
2: yeah definitely yeah, and, I, I, yeah. Go
3: ahead. yeah I, I was just gonna say you know with the the versatility aspect you know you guys hit it right on the head with everything that you just said um, he's he's got the ability to play pretty much any position in that secondary the problem is is that it's almost as if he doesn't really excel at just one position he you know it's sort of it sort of is the jack of all trades master of none uh, quip almost. Um, and does he, he seems more like a player that needs to be used as a role player instead of as a starter, because of the things that you guys said, his real lack of, uh, of technique, the talent is there, but the, the technique, especially on the tackling side really kind of limits his upside. And, um, you know, one of the things I wanted to say, like, does he fit sort of that, nickel linebacker position because there was a lot of tape out there of him being placed on, uh, the number one tight end, uh, every time that they lined up and he, you know, that, that's, that's a, that's a skill that is desperately needed in today's NFL with, uh, you know, the likes of Travis Kelsey and, you know, Gronkowski, uh, recently, um, you know, more teams are heading to that tight end as a primary receiver role because of the mismatch and he kind of matches up there. So he strikes me more as kind of that role player position, which
2: like you said, that kind of limits your upside in the NFL. Yeah, that's a, that's a great point. You know, I just want to add in here that, you know, cause I, when I really started diving into the safeties and call me nostalgic on this one, but I was a big fan of Nick Collins out of Bethune Cookman and not a lot of people had him on their radar coming out and there's two guys specifically in this draft and kind of moving moving along, not not necessarily away from McKinney, but kind of in comparison to him. This guy Jeremy Chin out of Southern Illinois and Kyle Duggar out of Lenore Rhine University that when you look at them, these guys are rocked. These guys could fill into a role like a Nick Collins played out of Bethune Cookman, small school, nobody heard about him. So I'm almost thinking like if we went the Xavier McKinney route in round one, would that limit us maybe to our, our next pick or what have you? But if some of these other guys might fall, these small school guys down to us, would that limit us as far as like our ability to take them on when I much would prefer either of those guys, these guys are like 219, 217 pounds. They're big boys. Uh, they can hit, they're ripped. They're great athletes and maybe don't have the coaching that McKinney has, but maybe has a lot more upside. I don't know if you guys, what, what you guys thought about that?
4: I would agree with that a hundred percent. I'm much more in the per, uh, field that I would rather take one of those two guys. Cause I think they have an higher upside than McKinney. I would rather take those two guys on day two or maybe trade back out of 30 and take one of those guys early day two and give them the ring. Cause I think they can do everything. I think they're as versatile as McKinney. I think they're even more explosive than McKinney. I just think they maybe just aren't as well known because of the fact that they played at a small school.
2: Yeah. Great point.
3: Yeah, definitely. And then, you know, something to think about too, uh, the Packers are bringing back Shannon Sullivan this year who played a lot of that heavy, uh, nickel cornerback role which is where I think he would fit he's I mean because he's obviously not going to come in and he's not going to uh take out um Amos or Savage for a starting role in the safety um you know he's definitely a rotational player and that's kind of I feel like the natural position is he fills in there or he gets put in as a you know a slot cornerback kind of role and you know it just doesn't seem like there's there's no fit for him especially higher up in the draft, which is where I think he falls like this, this guy, you know, limitations and everything aside, uh, the talent is there for him to be, uh, you know, at least a day two uh, pick, I feel like. And so for the Packers, it it would, it would take, it would take a lot for him to draft to a position where I think the Packers would feel comfortable taking him and putting him into a position with this defense personally. um, so that's uh, Xavier McKinney. Let's um, stay on the defensive side and take a look at our second guy. We've got uh, a guy that I I really enjoyed um, reading and learning more about this guy. Neville Gallimore, interior defensive lineman for Oklahoma. He's 6'2", 304 pounds. Um, he ran a four seven nine forty 40 at the combine bench, 23. Had a cone time of 7.97 and um, a 20-yard shuttle time of 5.01. He was a third-team All-American, second-team All-Big 12 last year, had 30 tackles, four sacks, and uh, two forced fumbles for the Oklahoma Sooners last year. So,
2: uh, Rob, why don't you kick us off with Neville? Sure. I would have to say that out of all the players that I watch, when you just watch his highlight tape, so if you go to YouTube and you... Check out his his highlight tape. Uh, you become away thinking this guy is is, inc- is absolutely incredible. His splash plays mm-hmm. are, amongst defensive linemen, probably the most impressive out of all of them. This guy's, you know, he's fitting through gaps, uh, outstanding closing speed. So it didn't really surprise me to see some of these athletic measurables come in. You know, he's at the top of the line with a 40 yard dash, he's top, a 10 yard split, 20 yard split. Uh, his broad jump is way at the top of the defensive linemen i guess the problem that i see with him a little bit is what the packers would want him to be cuz i think that when you kind of you know look into you know your crystal ball or what have you and see what they want to become who would he replace probably a tyler lancaster would be probably my my guess is that that's where they'd want to play him at the defensive end position mm-hmm. um i don't know how stout he is against the run when i watch full games of him there's a lot of times that he does get pushed around while, you know, occasionally coming up with those splash plays. So it's kind of, to me, you know, and I'll let Brendan talk about this as well. There's kind of about four guys that, and we we can talk specifically about them in a second, but it's between Neville Gallimore, there's Ross Blacklock out of TCU, there's Justin BK out of Texas A&M. And there's the Marlon Davidson out of Auburn. And it's like kind of those four guys are in that kind of second group of defensive linemen behind Eric Brown and Javon Kinlaw that we could possibly be looking at drafting with that 30th pick. And they each have characteristics that I like. It's just a matter of what Mike Pettin wants out of these guys and what they can provide and bring to the table. But I I kind of want to hear Brennan's thoughts on, on him specifically.
4: Yeah, I agree with you. When you just If you actually just watch his highlight tape, you think this guy was just a disruptive force nonstop throughout the whole game. Then you see his measurables at the combine. You think this guy probably dominated Big 12, but that's just not the case. I mean, you look at his tackles for loss. He only had 12.5 tackles for loss the last two seasons. I think he had seven sacks the last two seasons. It's just part of me wonders why he wasn't more dominant at the Big 12 level. And I think he kind of struggles when he doesn't win initially with that first quick step. You talked about his 10 yard split. I think it was a one six nine. I mean, he has such a great initial get off, but I just don't think he plays with the great leverage. I don't think he really has that pass rush repertoire that has developed yet because he's Kind of just depended on that quick first step, so I think that's. He's like probably- he's like a sw-
2: he's like a swim move monster. He he, he yeah. likes to swim move, and, and if he can't get that going, then uh, he really has nothing left.
4: No, that's that was actually one of the big plays I watched of him too. Is against Texas, he had that awesome uh, spin move, swim move, and he just blew right by the guy. But when he doesn't win with that first step, I just think he kind of struggles and doesn't really have that next step. But he has great measurables. I think he can get up and down the line. Uh, he chases plays well. Great motor. Um, but like you said, I think he just kind of doesn't make the splash plays that you would expect with a guy that has that kind of measurables. So I'm not as high on him probably as other people. I th- want to take him till maybe the 62nd pick just because that is a concern for me is that why wasn't there more production? Why hasn't his pass rush developed? But some team is going to fall in love with his measurables, and maybe the Packers are going to be one of those guys that thinks that they can coach him up and have him become a force next to Kenny Clark, which is something they desperately need.
2: Man, they they love measurables, don't they? Those NFL (laughs) scouts. I mean, they 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 look for those measurables. And you're right, man. They're going to definitely. Somebody's going to take him high. He's not going to fall to to you know our second pick in the draft. It's going to have to be a thirty. I was curious, so so I took a look at you know some of those other guys too, and I really like that Blacklock out of as of TCU as far as an alternative. That guy's really, he's built really well for the, our type of defense. He's very capable of taking on multiple blockers. He plays a lot in a 3-4. Actually, when TCU would play a uh, move to a 3-4 set, he'd always play the nose. Mm-hmm. So there could be a potential of moving Kenny Clark outside on certain downs, and he could fill into that role as well. And even Matt Abike as well. I, I actually prefer both of those guys to Gallimore as far as actual functional 3-4 defensive ends with the way that Mike Pettin prefers to run them.
4: And I would agree with you on Russ. I think he's a two-year starter from TCU. Like you said, he plays in a 3-4 system. I think he's capable of playing the nose, R-the-5 technique. Uh, that kind of versatility is something Penton would probably love. Good size, quickness, and strength. I don't know what you feel about him, Dan, but that's just – I would agree with uh, Rob on that.
3: I actually prefer Ross over Gallimore. Me too, uh, especially with what I think the Packers are looking for at the defensive tackle side of things. Um, you know – they need a run stopper and that's not gallimore mm-hmm. uh you know the when i was watching gallimore just like you guys watching the highlight tape you fall in love immediately with the kid um because those splash plays are very fun to watch and the the kid has so much hustle i know that that's almost kind of like a cliche but there were multiple times e- even in plays that didn't make his highlight reel that he was coming back after a quarterback escaped the pocket or, or the play was happening down the field where his hustle, you know, really affected the play and, and how it happened. And, and, and he, he was just a really fun player to watch. And how can you not like the guy that's nicknamed the Canadian bulldozer <laughs> um, like that, that, just, that? that you, you tell me that wouldn't play in, in Wisconsin, the Canadian bulldozer. Um, <laughs> <laughs>
2: he'd be popular. That's, oh, that's yeah. one thing for sure. He'd be, <laughs> you know, he'd be a popular player. And if we run any, any uh, four or three sets, I mean, I think that he'd be probably more equipped yeah. to playing that inside. Uh, maybe that one, one technique where he can just shoot a gap and, and go after the quarterback rather than playing that five technique that they use at, at, you know, typically the Packers use. Definitely. Um, but man, you, you are, you are right. Spot on with that. He had a lot of hustle plays downfield where the quarterback or running back would escape the pocket and he'd be cruising downfield, making plays 20, 30 yards down the field. So, um, he's a good player, man. He's gonna make somebody happy. I just don't know if it's gonna be the Packers. This yeah, year.
3: you you know what he almost kind of reminds me of, um, not from just a not just really like a a the talent level, but he reminds me sort of a Rashawn Gary, where he very clearly has a lot of uh upside with in terms of his talent and his raw physical ability, but the. Nuances of the position are not there yet, and I think you know that's what they did with Rashawn Gary. Is they realized what they had from a talent standpoint, they just needed to take the time to mold him. And you know, especially like you said, like he's not going to fall past the second round. Uh, You can't really take on two projects like that with you know two of your first two round picks in back to back drafts like that. So it just it you just struggle to find like kind of where he would fit in
2: this team. I also would keep an eye on Raekwon Davis out of Alabama. He's a guy I've had my eye on for a while. So just as far as a a potential second round pick. So, you know, that's another thing, you know, with the draft is that you have to kind of look down the road at what positions are deeper. I know a lot of people have been talking about receivers and I know they talked about it yesterday um, on the podcast, but Man, that, that the position is so deep that the Packers could potentially get somebody in the second round just as good as somebody in the first round. Uh, defensive line, I see a lot, a couple of these guys that could fall to us in the second round that I feel would give us the same production as a guy like Gallimore would. Uh, Devon Hamilton out of Ohio State is another guy that I see as a guy that could be a five technique run stuffer which is you know let's be honest that's what we need on our team all our losses last year were run over by the defense and you know our running uh defense suffered tremendously in both San Francisco losses in the Philadelphia loss and the San Diego loss so just getting that stout run defender would be a huge addition to our defense
4: and I would agree with you on that Rob that's part of the reason why I don't think Gallimore's a good fit is that I think if you were looking to bolster the interior pass rush, Gallimore would be the guy that you'd want. But we need to get someone oh, right. that's going to be a run-stuffing guy, like you mentioned. A couple of guys from Utah, that Fotu and uh, John Polinski, yep. I think, would be a good fits too. Even yep. on day three or late day two uh, for Fotu, anyway. Fotu's He's a big idea.
2: boy, man. Yeah. Fotu's a big boy.
4: <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't touch till day three. But Fotu, I wouldn't <laughs> mind taking our third round pick on him, or even early day four if we our day three. I mean, if we had to trade up in the fourth round to get him, I just think. They need someone like that that's going to be kind of a run stuffer, take up the gaps and just kind of control their lanes, where I don't think Gallimore is that kind of guy. I think if you want splash plays, you want a guy that's going to collapse the pocket every once in a while, that's Gallimore. But I don't think he's going to help you in the run defense, and that's something the Packers really need to address this offseason.
3: Yeah, definitely. So as as we wrap up here, guys, um, we finished profiling our two uh, prospects today. Uh, Just overall, I know we've kind of mentioned it with both of them, but – um prospects with the packers for either of these two guys do you think that there is a fit anywhere if they let's just say you know all things all other things remain constant if he's available at the right position where are you taking him and what kind of uh you know future would you see
2: with him as a, as a packer uh, I'll go first on this. So, so I would say with the, with McKinney, if he does drop to the, the 30 spot, I think the Packers should take a serious look at him. Uh, his versatility does. And I think that he'd help us right away where our team is kind of in win now mode now athletically and down the road, I prefer a guy like Doug or chin, but as far as a guy who can just step into a role and play a lot of different roles in Penton's defense, I think that we should take a very serious look at McKinney at number 30 um, Gallimore is a guy that I'm a little bit down on because I feel like there's other guys that we could get that are very similar that could fill in there. Like I mentioned earlier, but I mean he's another man. If you look at the way that uh, Brian Gudikunz has been drafting, he loves those athletic measurables. Man, he really does. So taking a look at a guy like Gallimore and the athletic profile that he brings to the table, I would not be surprised if we took a serious look at him at 30.
4: Yeah, and I would agree with that. That's part of the reason why I don't think McKinney's maybe even on the radar, just because of the measurables that he put up at the combine. Now, there's a rumor that he was dealing with cramps. I think that's the reason why he pulled out of the combine and maybe didn't finish all the drills for McKinney, anyways. And for Gallimore, I could definitely see. I mean, we, the Packers haven't drafted a wide receiver since 2002 with Javon Walker. Uh, they don't really, I think they prefer to the build the trenches in the first round. So, Gallimore, I mean, with them needing to find Kenny Clark kind of a tag team partner up front there. Dean Lowry's a nice player, but he just doesn't have that explosiveness that Gallimore has. So like Rob said, I think if he is there at 30 and maybe some of the other guys that they're maybe targeting, that could be a surprise pick there. I want to touch Gallimore maybe till day two. But again,
2: like we've talked about, someone's going to fall in with those measurables and maybe just be good at guns. And, and he could actually be a situational player on, you know, a third down passing down type of player mm-hmm. that could just go after the quarterback if, if, if need be. So um, I know we were, you know, we got and I, I don't want to take up too much time more, but uh, you know, I think that we were down on him a little bit, like, trust me, he's a good player and I think mm-hmm. he's going to fit in well, and he'll probably have good stats. He'll have good tackles for loss. He'll probably have good quarterback sack uh, statistics for whatever team drafts him. Um I just always go back to, you know, what we need out of our three, four defensive ends. Mm-hmm and you know, I'm not sure he provides it. But if he came in as a, as a passing situational rusher, I think he could be very effective for us.
3: All good points, guys. This was a, a great way to start off our at least our group's uh, draft coverage uh, for the next month or so. Um, tomorrow, Andrew, Kyle, and Maggie, they're going to be breaking down a couple more draft prospects uh, next time that you hear us. Um, Rob and I, are, we're actually going to be um, on these – uh, Thursday shows for the the rest of the month through the end of the draft. So stick with us each month. Brennan is going to be joining us uh, intermittently throughout the month too. Next week, uh, Rob and I are going to be breaking down um, the whole safety uh, group as a class coming into this year. Um, so like I always say, stick with us for the next couple of weeks as we get ready for the Packers to start their uh, 2020. Draft trip. Um you can follow the show on Twitter at Packaday Podcast. Make sure you subscribe, rate, review, tell your friends about us. Uh we know you guys are stuck at home, so this is the content that you desperately need to break up the monotony uh of home life. Uh you can follow all three of us on Twitter. I'm on there at DK all the way.
2: Um Rob, where can they find you? At at NFL draft Riggs, Regs, R E G S on Twitter. And Brennan, what about
4: yourself? Uh, at Royal, like Crown Royal, and then underscore R U P P Roop.
3: Perfect. All right, guys, this was a heck of a lot of fun. Uh, looking forward to the rest of the month. Uh, and since you're uh, you're uh, new to us here at the the podcast, we finish off every episode um, like you know every every game at Lambo should be finished with a very hearty go pack go. So I want to hear you guys real quick. Go, Pat, go. Go, Pat, go, baby. (laughs) Perfect. Guys, have a great day, and we'll see you next time.